0: Hey, Northview, it's Lexi. Thank you for joining us for part two of answering viewer questions. If you'd like to send us in a question or a topic that you'd like us to cover, you can email us at ingoodcompany at Now let's hear from Josh, Greg, and Jesse. Welcome back to In Good Company. This is a part two to our last episode. So we started the last episode saying we're gonna do a rapid fire <laughs> jaunt through three questions. We got through two. Uh, so we're here to hit the third question. So without any further ado, we're, we're in rapid fire yes. mode still. We're gonna rip through this question. <laughs> in the next half in hour. The next half hour. <laughs> Let's throw the question up, Lexi. Uh, here, here's our question. Hey guys, so excited to send in a topic for you guys to discuss potentially. Hey, we're so excited to talk about From
1: it. From potential to, to actual. Actual.
0: <laughs> here's the question. How can we talk to someone who said that they've tried the Christian thing, gone to church, baptized, read the Bible, and they just never felt a connection with God or that he, Jesus, was real, Mm. and that they basically need a very obvious sign or encounter to believe, i.e., they need to see him to believe. Wow, yes, I know lots to unpack there. To me, it seems like a hard issue or pride, but it's hard to tell. Would appreciate Mm. your thoughts on this, thanks. So let's start with the the very basic question, the question that, that is actually being asked here. How can we talk to somebody who grew up in the church uh, and did everything, was baptized, uh, heard the gospel time and time and time again, probably, from the pulpit, and yet grew up and walked away from the church saying, I just never felt like it was real, hmm. and now I have, have doubts uh, that even God or Jesus was real. How, just practically, how do we have those kind of conversations with those people?
1: I think
2: it what starts think? Um, with a tender heart. In mm. Jude, it says, be merciful to those who doubt. Hmm. And I think if we're honest, we all have doubts about, about certain things. And uh, so that would be my encouragement first and foremost is, is to recognize that, um, yeah, we're, we're called to be merciful to, hmm. to those people who have questions, who might have some doubts, especially I think of um, just the relationship between older generations and younger generations. Uh, there's a lot of young people who go off to college and uh, their worldview gets rattled around a little bit and they ask a lot of big questions. And I think we need to be willing to engage engage those questions with mm. a tender heart and, and welcome their genuine curiosity. Mm. So that's where I would say it, just a, a good starting point is, yeah.
1: I think we need to affirm two things. The first one is that our emotions and how we feel and what we're affected by and all that kind of stuff are valuable and a part of our human experience. Yeah. Mm. And so yeah. we, we need to own that and at the same time own the reality that we can't judge or have our feelings about something be the primary arbiter of whether or not something is true. And so part of my own experience in Bible college even was I I kind of fell into Bible college with, I wasn't planning on going there. I decided to go for one year and then the one turned into two, turned into a degree. But I had a bit of a like uh, a crisis point almost in faith in between years two and three, uh, beginning of year three, where I was not having the same emotive responses as I was noticing other people around me hmm. having. I didn't feel like, internally, I didn't feel like I was having the same feels hmm. as everybody else. Hmm. And so I was at the point where I'm like, I am maybe pr- gonna get a Bachelor of Arts from a Bible school, and I don't even know if I like believe this stuff. Yeah. So I had to go on a real deep exploration on the resurrection of Jesus. Mm. Because for me, the, the, the question was, you know, they need an obvious sign. Yeah. And I just remember the words from the Apostle Paul saying yeah. that if Christ was not raised from the dead, totally. our faith is in vain. And yeah. I thought, okay, so either yeah. he rose from the dead yeah. and it's true, or yeah. he didn't, and all the reasons why I'm not feeling it as much is because it's actually all a lie. Yeah. And so I ended up doing my own bit of like deep dive into Mm. the historicity of the resurrection and into why do we believe this to be actually a real event? And so I would, my response to someone who said, I've tried Christianity and it didn't work because I've never felt the Hmm. closeness Mm -hmm. is I would first say, we might have different experiences in our life that ebb and flow with our feelings and other people might just have a more steady feeling of their faith. But if you're looking for a sign, like the sign you should be investigating is the resurrection of Christ. Because yeah. anything else you look at is going to pale in comparison to the importance of the physical yeah. bodily resurrection of yeah. Jesus of Nazareth. Because mm. if he rose, everything changes. Yeah. Mm. If he stayed dead, then you should leave the faith you should disregard christianity because it's the worst possible thing you could do with your time Mm -hmm. is put energy into something that is untrue if jesus stayed dead Mm -hmm. so i would just encourage that person that if they're wanting to think through things and wanting to investigate them that the best bang for your buck topic is the resurrection of jesus and i
2: think sometimes we can get tripped up on going after other things so let's say the crisis in my faith has to do with i don't fully understand god's sovereignty and, and free will and it seems like god and if we spend all of our time and energy there mm-hmm. without wrestling, without bringing mm-hmm. people to keep, but what do you do about Jesus? Mm-hmm. I think right. you, can, you can miss miss the mark. Or even just in previous episodes, talking about Genesis one, and well, mm-hmm. science says this, and, and the Bible seems to say that, and if, mm-hmm. if that's the reason I'm leaving the faith, that that is so far removed from yeah. the central tenet of, of Jesus's resurrection. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's, yeah, mm-hmm. the shame.
1: I even just this last year had another little, like, not crisis point, but another little doubt moment leading up to our Christmas Eve services, mm-hmm. where I was writing, the Christmas Eve sermon about the incarnation and the Virgin Mary. And I had another moment where I was like, Oh man, like incredible story in the sense, in like the truest sense of the word of like very hard to believe. Mm. And I was like, I believe the Virgin birth because I believe the resurrection. Right. 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 So like I was willing to Hmm. like kind of reorient my mind and doubt my doubts and all that kind of stuff about, these hard to believe things about the incarnation and God becoming human through a virgin birth, the Holy Spirit being involved in it, all that stuff, which just sounds like crazy kind Mm -hmm. of. Um, I was willing to believe them to be true and preach them as truth because at the end of the day, I'm I'm settled on the issue that Jesus isn't dead, he's alive. And so that has still been a reorienting, uh, an anchor point for me, even in pastoral ministry.
2: Even in our... So we're talking about uh, someone who has grown up in the church. Let's let's talk about someone who hasn't, right? I think sometimes people can come to the Christian worldview or faith and look like, Noah and really that have you believe Mm -hmm. in this? And it it is foolishness. It, It seems absurd. Jonah, like all these stories, right? And I think sometimes we can seek to again defend those things before we get to the points. Like the reason I believe all those things, the reason this actually makes sense to me, is, is because Christ. Jesus rose from the dead. Yeah. And so I think bringing people constantly back to that that point, whether they're uh, uh, a believer, an unbeliever, a kind of agnostic, mm-hmm. somewhere in between, is is always the starting place mm-hmm. in our apologetics. Mm-hmm. For sure. Mm-hmm.
0: So practically, what what you're really encouraging toward is. Pointing people to the historicity of the resurrection. If, mm. if the resurrection didn't happen, like Paul says, eat and drink for tomorrow we die. Mm-hmm. It doesn't yeah. matter. If it did happen, we have to reckon with that. Yes. But let me Thanks. let me move a little bit further than that. What yeah. if I what if I look at that and say, okay, sure, I see all the history you see, and I can agree that your reasons you say it seems valid to think that Jesus rose from the grave. But if I'm not feeling it, mm. if yeah. I don't actually really in my core have this gut wrenching desire. To follow Jesus isn't it a betrayal to myself hmm. to say I'm gonna follow after Jesus when in my heart yeah okay maybe I believe it happened but I don't I don't want to or <laughs> I don't feel like he's worth following I don't I'm just not right. feeling it is, is that not yeah. I've heard people say this is that not a betrayal to my own self
2: yeah that I would do what I don't feel like doing yeah that's an interesting um yeah I've never heard it like kind of put that way in, in mm. that sense and yet we live in a culture that mm-hmm. that that is um the mo or uh, yeah, yeah. The, the kind of the guiding principle is mm. Be true is, to you. is what I feel is. Man, every Disney movie that my kids watch, it's like <laughs> stop listening to this. Right? Don't listen to your parents. Be true to yourself. It's like Moana. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like seriously, every single one. I think that you, you raise a good a good point with, with that with mm. that comment, and I think as Christians we need to recognize that our, our Scripture is filled. With stories, um, with with songs, with with psalms of people who don't feel it and yet mm-hmm. still seek to pursue God. We just mm-hmm. finished a sermon series on the book of Esther, mm-hmm. and it, it's a, it's a series where God's name isn't even mentioned. He seems distant and hidden, and yet the point of the whole book, in my opinion, is that He was He was meticulously at work throughout all mm-hmm. of these things, even though His name is never mentioned. Yeah. And so I think I think that, that's, we need, that needs to put our feelings into context, mm-hmm. recognizing that God first and foremost doesn't exist to give me a feeling. Mm. Um, he exists for, for His glory and, and He is at work and may the resurrection continue to grow yeah. that, that feeling in us. Mm. Yeah.
1: And yeah. I think it's a passage we cite often as the Great Commission text, right? Go make disciples, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. baptize them, teach them, all that stuff. What I, I think we sometimes underestimate or undervalue is what happens right before that. So verse 16, uh, of Matthew 28, then the 11 disciples went to Galilee to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go mm. and When they saw him the resurrected Jesus. Yeah. they worshiped him But some doubted. Yeah. yeah, and then Jesus came to them and said all authority in heaven and earth yeah. and He gives them the Great Commission mm-hmm. what a staggering scene yeah. Yeah. that these people who were like in the presence of Jesus when he was living who knew he was crucified, who are now with him again, physically in his resurrected body, they see him and they're like, this seems crazy. (laughs) Like this whole thing seems absurd. So I don't think we can in good conscience say that those, those disciples on that mountain felt a like internal steadiness of like, this is true. And I'm ready to give my life to it. They're on the precipice of going out to start the church and some of them doubted yeah. the whole thing. And so that to me is a great example for all of us who, who believe to be true the gospel story and yet have those constant, consistent moments of like, this seems crazy, mm, yeah, that mm. you're an actually really good historic company. Yeah, that the church yeah. is built on people who believe the gospel to be yeah. true, but also really have significant questions about mm, it. Yeah. And I think in our particular culture where how we feel is the ultimate barometer, it's the ultimate arbiter of what is true or not. Yeah, This needs to just question that, that presumption. And we need to be willing to walk people through that presumption to say... That can't actually be the guiding thing because Mm. it doesn't even make sense with the rest of your life. Because if you, when you're driving a car, you don't feel like staying on your side of the road. Well, if you don't, bad things will happen. If you don't feel like you want to stay married to this person anymore, so you're just going to leave them. That's going to have collateral damage in your life and their life and the lives yeah. of people around you. So feelings are a terrible final arbiter. They yeah. are a great
2: like yes measuring point yes. for lots of things. But for they sure. they can't
1: yeah. they can't win the day. Mm. And, and
2: it doesn't dismiss the feelings that Christians have, no. either. Right? We're not saying that like totally. those people in Bible school that you knew who were having um, uh, more significant, if you will, worship experiences or whatever. Mm-hmm. That doesn't diminish the, those feel. Oh, you can't trust those. Like that, that's rubbish. No, no, not no, at all. no. Right? That, that's a grace from God. I, I think that, totally. that he gives us, and totally. and you see that throughout again throughout scripture as well. But at the at the same time, as our our final arbiter, it will lead us astray mm-hmm. for sure. Mm-hmm.
1: And I think it's also helpful for people to know that there are, there are just Christians. Who operate at different levels of the like emotional feeling, the faith. And that doesn't necessarily mean that they believe the things to be true with any less conviction. But people are wired differently. And some people are wired more towards this side of a spectrum or that side of a spectrum or in the middle. And so if we can't just look to other people and say, well, because they always seem to be like feeling it, Mm -hmm. and I don't to the same degree. Like, that's my story. And it's just a really bad way mm. to judge whether or not Christianity is true and yeah. worth following and yeah. worth living after and worth giving your life to this Savior and yeah, this absolutely. teacher who tells you, I'll save you and I'll show you how to live. Yeah. And so, yeah, feelings yeah, are, it's good. It's great. are a healthy part of our life. And I actually am the kind of guy who I will, like, pray that the Lord gives me more of those moments mm. because, yeah. like, I want them. Yeah. And I don't always get them. And I'm like, yeah. okay, yeah. it's yeah. fine. Yeah. Like, I still I think it. he rose from the dead. Yeah. So like, I'll follow you. Yeah. And then when those moments do come, they are that much sweeter for me yeah. because I'm like, aha, yeah. see, yes. suckers. I get them too, baby. Yeah.
2: Yeah. But for whatever reason. We're just reason, always judging Suggers. you for your totally. lack <laughs> of feels.
1: They're like, that's yeah. not a helpful thing to say in a church service. I'm like, I don't care. <laughs> I don't
0: care. <laughs> Let me take this question one step further. Do it. So you've started, say, say you've you've been able to meet common ground and they are, they agree. Okay, mm-hmm. I yes, the history, resurrection, mm-hmm. I get it. Jesus was real, sure. I'm not feeling it, and then you say, well, but your feelings aren't aren't a good final arbiter. And say they're like, okay, I I agree, but they still have a hard heart. They still say, you know what? But I just I just won't. It's just not a big deal to me. Doesn't matter to me. Mm. Yeah. What do you do when somebody, you you feel like you have gone so far and you've argued it so well and you've described it and maybe you've even done it with charity and grace and mercy, but they still
2: won't believe. They still won't come to church. What do you do in those cases? That's hard and I I guarantee you people listening to this have loved ones, families, friends, sisters, Mm -hmm. brothers, whatever, who are in that very position. Um, And to be honest, uh, as someone who... Fully trust that God is is sovereign over it. even our salvation. Is I say you get on your knees and you continue to pray mm-hmm. and you continue to love them and show them the grace of Jesus because um, it's not too late. Um, they're they're still here and mm-hmm. God can still can, can still change their heart. And so, yeah, it, it's we want like a. What is like the, the, the argument that A I silver can just, bullet. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, and it just doesn't exist. and even in our own testimonies, if we mm-hmm. looked at, at what maybe fully pushed us over the edge or, or convinced us or continues to draw us back to, to trusting in the gospel, it's, where it's, all of our testimonies are going to be different and mm-hmm. unique in terms of how, mm-hmm. how, how God did that. Um, so yeah, I, hmm. I think it's just to trust um, hmm. trust in God and That's to pray really to pray for that person.
1: Yeah, I think we undervalue prayer Absolutely. in the process. like I think we presume that the only way for me to be actively working in a situation like that with a friend of ours Mm. is for us to keep talking to them. uh, When actually it might be better to just bring that situation to God with more fervency and more devotion and and trust that the Lord will work through, like maybe not us, maybe some stranger, maybe some article, maybe some other thing that we had no involvement in them seeing Um, and that's the way that God's going to use it to, to draw them back to himself. And Mm -hmm. I mean, the other, the other element that I would add into that, um, is that I, I think you continue to incorporate them as much as possible into Mm. the community and the rhythms of life that they're willing to be involved in. So if they have significant questions, but they're still willing to like go to that barbecue that your community group does because they have some common friends still, like let them keep coming let them be a part of the Christian community because i think one of the one of the chief apologetics one of the chief defenses of our Christian faith is actually the the hospitality and yeah. camaraderie and love experienced between Christians it's like people will know we're Christians by our love for one another That's right. and i think people can actually be attracted to uh, Christianity when they see it lived out in tangible ways before them and i mm. think that could be one way, one reason why people don't wanna be a Christian is because they feel like what what would actually tangibly change by me being a part of the church. And one yeah. one way it might tangibly change is look at this family that you now get to be be a part of. So yeah. So don't ostracize them, don't kick them out of, of your community stuff that you're doing. Still try to incorporate them and include them and help them see see what the Christian life looks like That's lived good. out in community. That's yeah.
2: Good. I think humility is so important in our attempts to evangelize and make disciples and i think just being open and and real and honest with people and i think uh if we think if we present the gospel in a way where people think they need to be fully sanctified before they can become christians um Mm. we miss the we've missed the point Mm. and so i think just encouraging people um that that the church is is not a place of fully sanctified people but it's a place where people are being sanctified by the mm. power of the spirit and mm. so to encourage them uh, to come and to be and th- that we are united in this simple belief that that jesus was who he said he was and mm-hmm. that he came and that he he lived and died and, and rose again and that accomplished our salvation mm-hmm. um so yeah i think yeah that that humility that that low barrier if you will of of being hospital and accepting people into
0: yeah, his yeah covenant people. yeah yeah and i i just want to add one thing to the prayer point um, I was thinking about the, the parable of the persistent widow and mm. how it's it starts mm. with this statement that he told this parable to the end that they would always pray and never lose heart. Mm. And then the, the parable is of this widow who constantly comes to the judge and every day is pleading, yeah. give me justice, give me justice. And finally yeah. the judge is fed up yeah. and yeah. says, all right, I'll give you justice. Yeah. And the point is, well, if a judge who is wicked will do that, yes. well, how much more a loving father yeah. Yeah. who will hear your plead every day yeah. And, and I think not, not just to say pray for them and, and then say you've checked it off your list, you've prayed yeah. for them, but, but be persistent. Be persistent mm-hmm. in your prayers. As I was working up in Maple Ridge, I was leading a young adults group, and we had this conversation about our neighbors and our friends who we wanted to know Christ. And, and mm-hmm. I asked, well, ha- have you been praying for them? No. Yeah. Well, why not?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why,
0: why haven't you been praying for them? And week upon week we would write their names up on a board and we would pray for them by name every week and what that did even in our own hearts actually yeah. was we would go out into the week and we were, we would remember we we're praying for these absolutely. people absolutely yes. and we would have more yes. meaningful conversations with them because i was actually on our heart to be yes. doing that mm-hmm. yeah and so the power of prayer not only because god hears them and responds to them but also that that now our communion with the father actually changes the way that we think mm-hmm. it changes changes mm-hmm. the direction of our heart if i'm mm-hmm. praying for my neighbor to know jesus mm-hmm. when i when i see my neighbor Chances are, I'm going to be more likely to talk to him about Jesus. Yes. Right. Um, so, just the power of persistent prayer. Never lose heart, yeah. uh, and always praying. Yeah,
2: it's amazing when we're when we are being faithful in our prayer for people that we're seeking to have gospel conversations with or whatever. How the Spirit will bring them mm. and put yeah. us into mm-hmm. situations that we probably would. I don't know how God works and all that kind of things, but it yep. just seems like man, that was a coincidence. Yeah, yeah like, totally. Likely not. That's right. right? Yeah. That's but, right. Yeah. It's and
1: I, one other little element I would add into that is that when we uh, when we think about talking with people about the gospel and the good news, I, I think we, we usually emphasize in a, in a good way, we mm. emphasize the fact that we are sinners yeah. and we need to repent of our sin and we need a savior who will save us from our sin and all of that is true and I believe it and it's great, but I think one of the things that we need to realize in our context is that I don't think most people operate in their life thinking to themselves, I'm a sinner yeah. and I just really need someone to save me from my sin. Yeah. They, they are and they yeah. do, but that's not the felt need sure. that they have in that moment. And so I think we need to sometimes be creative and ask for prayer and, and insight from other people around us yeah. about in what way is King Jesus good news mm. to my friend? Yes. Like what is that's the good. hurt? What is the struggle? What is the need? Yeah. that this person has that Jesus is actually good news for. Yeah. And because one of the reasons that people might not be coming to Jesus is that they just don't think they need him. Yeah. They think I'm not actually that bad of a person. And I get that you think I'm a sinner and I need saving, but like I do my best to like volunteer and to do these things. And yeah. I yeah. I listen to Dr. Right. Bonnie Henry and hmm. I am being calm. I yeah. am being kind, <laughs> yeah. I yeah. am being <laughs> safe. Like what yeah. do I need Jesus That's for? Right. Yeah. And so it just takes a little bit of like work on our part Absolutely. as as their friends to try to figure out like in what way does Jesus satiate mm, yeah. their needs and their their issues and their struggles, mm, yeah, and then yeah. let's point them to the one who can actually like I was thinking about um, the woman at the well, yeah, yeah. right, where she she knows mm, her need, yeah. Yeah. and Jesus comes to her and is saying I can actually provide. What you really need. Yeah, you've looked at
2: it, or you look to achieve it in this way, this way, this way. Right, hasn't worked, and so yeah, yeah, absolutely. Mm. So
1: that's one other little element in that in that conversation with your friend. What in what way is Jesus going to be good news uh, to your friend? Hmm.
0: Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Let me take this question. What one final direction? Okay. Um, So you you have somebody who grew up in the church. They they um, heard it all. They heard the gospel. They they were baptized. They left. That's not a particularly uncommon story. Hmm. Unfortunately,
2: hmm.
0: how do we how do we guard both ourselves nice. from that story, and how do we guard those around us from that story? How, how do we operate and work so that we do not see that
2: happen yeah. around us in, as a common story? My first go to in that would be we, we're very individualized culture mm-hmm. and very individualistic, I should say, and I think we we can become discipled or formed into a version of Christianity that think, if me and Jesus are good, we're good. Mm. And we forget that to be a part uh, or to be in commune with Jesus is to be in commune with his people. Mm. And we can have a very low view of the, the importance of church. And I think that the church is one of the uh, the biggest graces that God gives us mm-hmm. in terms of our perseverance um, on on this side of eternity. And so just I just think of... Uh, Paul's conversion story and Jesus confronts him and he says, why are you persecuting me? Hmm. And Paul's not persecuting Jesus. He's persecuting Christians. And so that's how closely Jesus associates himself Hmm. with his people. And I, I, yeah, I just think that there is maybe amongst our our generation or or my generation, this idea that I don't need to be a part of the church. And (laughs) And what we forget is the accountability and the encouragement and mm. and, and all mm. the things that come with being part of a local church. And so that's, that's why I think I think it's it's important as, as a church, we continue to seek to plant healthy local churches mm-hmm. in every city because that is again um, mm. yeah one of the biggest graces God gives us for mm. in terms of our perseverance. Mm.
1: And I think what this kind of COVID seasons revealed to us mm. is that as important as as worship leaders are and as sermons are, just watching those on my screen alone in my house is missing an element of what God has intended the church to be, which is why when we have these like under 50 people gatherings, we're trying to do even safely with all the protocols and stuff. And we're encouraging church at home and we're encouraging you have people over safely in your backyard or your living room, whatever. The reason we're encouraging that is because we believe so strongly that it's the gathering of the saints, which is one of the chief means through which God helps his people persevere Mm -hmm. in the faith. Mm -hmm. And so if we can't do it the way we're most normally accustomed to, we have to find other ways to do it and Mm -hmm. just realistically in our context as Northview, we can't accommodate every single person through an under 50 gathering at one of our campuses. We just, we can't. Mm. So we we hope that as people are registering for these, that they're full and there's momentum and people are excited about them. And that's fantastic because it is going to be the chief way God helps persevere people. But if you can't get into one of them, uh, don't just take that as a cue right. to say, well, now I can just watch the thing on, online when mm-hmm. I want with just me and mm-hmm. my friend yeah. or me by, my, by myself. Yeah. We need to be intentional about building into our life the rhythm yeah. of incorporating other people into our discipleship with Jesus. Yeah. We just It has to be a part of it yeah. or else we'll fade away. Hmm. And in
2: an earlier episode, we talked a little about Hebrews, and it says, "Do not forsake gathering together as some are in the yeah. habit of doing." And I think this is what the mm-hmm. author of Hebrews was getting after. Right. Um, and so, whether you to, to go back to feel like it or not, <laughs> um, being part of, of a local church, you uh, yeah, whether you feel like it or not, you need it. You need mm-hmm. it in terms mm-hmm. of your perseverance.
0: If I were to make one one point on in terms of guarding ourselves, as as much as guarding one another in the community. I think one of the things that we see in the church today is is you have in people's minds the pursuit of being a good Christian is the pursuit of of the doctrine of Christ. It's it's knowing about him, it's knowing everything that the Bible teaches, it's knowing mm. all these things. Mm. Yeah. But we actually need to shift our our direction. And it's not just the we're not just seeking to know the doctrine of Christ. We we want to know the living Christ. Mm. Yeah. He is a living savior. Yeah. Mm. We're not pursuing knowing everything about the Bible and just making sure we're living by it. We're pursuing christ yeah who, to whom we have been reconciled through his body on the mm. on the cross yeah and so it's it's a living relationship there's a vibrancy to it and it, maybe you won't feel it sometimes that's true yes but but it doesn't make it any less real right like this is this is the picture of a marriage sometimes yeah. you don't feel mm. like loving your spouse but even though you don't feel it sometimes you choose to because this is a real relationship absolutely yeah. real yeah and the same is true of Christ. Sometimes you may not feel it, but this is a real relationship yeah. that you have with him. Pursue Christ, hmm. not just this not just knowledge of Christ, yeah. the very person of Christ. I think that's important for our own guarding against wandering away because if you if you simply look at your Christian faith as all of these these points to follow these rules and all these things I'm just learning about the Bible and I want to I know yeah. I should go to church, I know I should pray, then you're just going to get exhausted. What hmm. what kind of what kind of joy is there in that, in following rules? That's, mm. that, the whole point is that there's not. Mm. Yes. But there is joy yeah. mm. in Christ, in God himself, and in the relationship we've been given with him. And so pursue him and you'll, you'll feel
2: the vibrancy yeah. of it. Yeah. Willing. Just as a form of benediction to end our time, we're in the book of Jude. It says this, To him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you before his glorious present without fault and with great joy, To the only God, our Savior, be glory, majesty, power, and authority through Christ Jesus, our Lord, before all ages, now and forevermore. Amen. Thanks for joining us.